outside the off stump. Oh, he's caught it! I don't believe it! Tom Kohler Cadmore has caught the most magnificent catch at short third man. It's the end of Daniel Sams, and Somerset have won the Vitality Blast 2023. They've bowled Essex out for 131. Hello there, you're listening to Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. This is the Somerset Cricket Podcast. My name's Ian Shepherd. Joining me this evening, I've got Harry Everett and the voice of cricket on BBC Radio Somerset, Anthony Gibson. And Gibbo, have you recovered emotionally from that roller coaster up at Edgbaston last week? That thriller minute nail biter from start to finish. Or not, as the case may be. What a way to finish the season! I mean, it was it was so disappointing. I, you know, the outfield was wet on that front on the last morning, but as usual, we the crowd were given nothing whatsoever from the you know by way of an explanation from the umpires or the ECB match official or anyone, and we were just sitting in the sunshine, waiting for play to start because you know the, the soppers had, had been around. They stopped at about half past ten, I suppose. Uh, so it didn't appear that there was anything more to, that they could do to take moisture out of the ground. The umpires were wandering around. The captains were deep in conversation with them. And absolutely nothing came across to the unfortunate <laughs> spectators until it was all called off at about one o'clock. You know, after it was just it was just completely bizarre. And it was a really good example of what is wrong with communications, in, in particularly in county cricket where you know they, they treat spectators like mushrooms in other words they keep them in the and cover them with shit <laughs> <laughs> he has it in there on the head there like, even ben and the media team didn't know it was off i knew from bbc sport on the live stream quicker than ben and somerset media team knew that it was off it was ridiculous i, I mean selfishly i'll be honest with you i'm glad because i was going to go up and then when there was, the gloucestershire ground staff decided they didn't want to see any international play at bristol on tuesday i decided i'd Come back, watch Sex to Luton, have a couple more games in Devon rather than going to Edgbaston. But <laughs> Friday yeah, looked the driest day. <laughs> I think I made the right decision to not go up there expecting good cricket on Friday. <laughs> I mean, I, I made the point on, on, on social media that if that was the fifth day of an Ashes test with the Ashes on the line, do you think there would have been that level of inactivity? And I, and I, and I know, I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate here, but I know that this was very much an end of season game and neither side were particularly desperate to get out neither side could realistically improve their championship position neither side realistically was going to win the game but do you not have to have some sort of standard of approach to getting games on i mean you know it should be the same, shouldn't it? You're right. There should be, however much for dead rubber, shouldn't really affect. I mean, is it Gary Barmore? He tweeted out that he was there at six o'clock. And I mean, I guess we've got no way to argue with that. But people say it's up to the umpires. I was reading on Twitter, people saying it's handed over to the umpires from within an hour of the start. But I just, yeah, it's just a bit sad. Yeah, I, I saw play. the tweet you're talking about. I don't doubt that he was there at no. six in the morning. But when you switch the live stream on or you get to the ground and you. Sort of see, like you say, the clear blue sky with bright sunshine, and people just the ground staff and the umpires just stood around talking about last night's football results or whatever. It it mm. it doesn't particularly sit very well. And this is it's coming off, of course, the, 
communication, you know, regardless of the rights and wrongs of the decision, they should just let us know what the situation is, why we're not playing, what the, what the prospects are, when we're likely to play, what they're concerned about. Just, you know, treat spectators as, uh, you know, take them into their confidence. Yeah, if you like. yeah. I mean, in, in rugby internationals now, you hear the exchanges between the um, off-field yeah, uh, referee yeah. and the referee, so that everybody knows exactly what the situation is, you know, what the hold-up is, is there for, the decision that they're, they're discussing, and, and it, you know, just makes watching a so much more enjoyable experience. And, you know, if people know that, you know, the umpires say, well, it, you know, frankly, it's, it is so wet, it's it's pretty much unlikely we're going to get any play. We'll give it another hour or so just, just to see. But, you know, if you want to go off into town and do a bit of shopping, we can't see the real prospect of starting this game before before one o'clock. You know, it's just that sort of basic human interaction. I mean, I've been working in communications all my blooming life in various um, guises, and you cannot overstate the importance of just letting people know what is happening, good, bad, or different. If people know, they're a blooming sight happier than if they're kept in the dark. Even on the live stream, put a big. It doesn't take a lot to put a banner on the bottom of the live no. stream saying "Game Abandoned." Absolutely. You know, yeah. rather than just shutting the live stream off, or you know, just just tell people. I agree. Yeah. So. I mean, you're absolutely right, Gibb. It's, it's it's a bit like you being on on the radio commentary and saying, "Oh, you've heard that big cheer in the background," but I'm not going to tell you what's happened. You're going to have to wait for an hour or so until I can be bothered to tell you. Um, yeah, I mean the 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 worst I've ever felt about this. I don't was the Essex game in 2019 when you know we were desperate to go on. It's probably the emotion of desperately wanting to get on and and try and beat Essex that. Uh, 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 sort of brought that to the fore with me but it's uh, like you say just yeah we are not playing because of X we are going to inspect X at 2 o'clock it's simple give them a crib sheet I don't know why I mean I don't know if I'm supposed to say this or not but I'm going to say it anyway when we were sat in the I don't know if you were there in the press box um, but the word came through from the umpires that um lunch was going to be taken at whatever one uh, you know 12 o'clock or maybe it was tea i can't remember this was kent game last yeah this was a kent game yeah but they weren't allowed to put that over the pa for about 20 minutes so it was like it was embargoed for 20 minutes <laughs> it was honestly i the like the just the looks around everybody was just going, why can't you tell people you know, you've got to say, What's yeah, so it was, yeah. well, yeah, it was like, why should it be secret? I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's almost like they just want to be absolutely sure that they're not hoisted by their own petards <sighs> about, you know, getting something wrong or, because if you think you've got to take your early tea at three o'clock, then, or not announce it to our past or whatever, whatever the time is, well, I can't, I can't remember, but why not just tell people it's not like it was all of a sudden going to be switched to sort of saharan baking 40 degree temperatures and you know dry the pitch up like that anyway right should we want a bad light now because that is equally as frustrating do either of you know the mortal danger and peril that a batter will be placed in if they have to face a red ball under certainly sort of dominant floodlights does rather it, than the natural light. Does it help you that I played cricket yesterday at Teen Valley at six o'clock? 
and I was feeling I thought this is dark and I actually thought this is dark and I, but then I thought about it I thought they've been coming off at 2 o'clock in the afternoon a much brighter yeah. day than the county have they not got the floodlights on at Tea Valley no they, I mean I know it's a very very different level of cricket and I'm not denying that but it did make me chuckle. Then I dared to suggest to people that we hurry up and bowl a bit quicker in the over rate or maybe use a pink ball. And everyone laughed at me. It's not dark, they said, at six o'clock in October, the first Sunday of October. <laughs> I, I always think that when it when it gets really dark like that, it's actually more difficult for fielding sites, particularly yes. in the Great yeah. in Valley, because you can't see the bloody ball coming out of the, the, you trees, know, the foliage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It. Well, the and classic one of that is the 2000 test in Karachi, wasn't it? Where I think Graham Thorpe yeah. smashed one through the covers. I don't know whether Inzaman was play acting or not, but he kind of stood there waving his arms I don't about. Think Inzaman and Fielding should be using no. a positive sentence, but yes. But yeah, back to my original point. If yeah. you're facing, I mean, nobody in that game is is particularly quick. It would be the quickest bowler on show. Well, they took they probably took Wagner. When Danny was bowling. Mm. Yeah. Danny at one point but they took them off you know so slowly why uh, why on earth I, I'd I love to know the logic the behind the rule that I really don't understand is, is this business about the umpires have to take them off when the floodlights overtake yeah. the natural light yeah. that's what, what that's my point so why why is that <laughs> if you're fa- oh, yeah if you're yeah. it's, it's light yeah people can see you know, they play T20 games up till 10 o'clock at night. But the communication comes in again here because I've never been told the figure. You know, you, there's always this rule. On day one, we went off at figure whatever on the yeah. light meter. Yeah. Therefore, days two, three, four or five's test match. We have to go off the same figure. But we never know that figure. And we can't. No, no one ever sees what the umpire. I've never seen it's a light secret. meter. I'd love to it's have a secret. chat with Ian Black. Yeah, I mean, if an umpire, you know, it's meter. it's you know, it's quarter past five, and he's umpires had a bet in the five twenty at Chepstow or something. He quickly wants to get off. He's got. Oh, oh yeah, it's, it's the same as it was. I think there is. I mean, I'm sure photographers um, would be able yeah. to tell you there is. It's not like a base figure, sort of globally. It's not like let's say fifty is bad because in some grounds 50 will be better than 50 at other grounds ground. yeah, well, yeah. I don't know I don't know why but why can't you carry on with the red ball quite why not yeah I agree cool this could be the moaniest podcast I've ever done Mike. oh I'll tell you what we, we, we haven't even got on to bloody what <laughs> was it long run tonight, we yeah. haven't even got on to I was bloody 6 to 37 yet but anyway <laughs> well, 37 for 6 I think the English way around <laughs> Oh, may as well be Australian. Yeah, I mean it, that that is just bonkers to me. I I that don't understand that because we're going for it. Long runs tonight. Cricket is those players that money that they are paid quite well to be county cricketers. That's not magic money. That's my money. That's your money. Okay, dear listener, through memberships and Sky TV subscriptions and buying shirts and all the other things we do to buy into cricket to to pay you know the players and i do not understand why i am being shortchanged because it might be a little bit uncomfortable facing a red boy. it cannot be i don't under can can it be dangerous it's not dangerous yeah you know when they're all, you know killing up with helmets and breast pads and thigh pads and every yeah. sort of considerable pad you can imagine and if they do bowl a dangerous ball, they're taken off anyway. You get, you know, a couple of warnings. Yeah, off anyway. I mean, surely if the lights are on, you've got a you've got a white sight screen with a red ball. You can you can. I just don't understand why. Is it something to do with it? It's 
it has it makes it nibble about a bit more. It makes it see more swing a bit nah, more. It can't be it? that. So, I mean, do we know? Sorry, back to Warwickshire again. Do we know what happened with the tickets? Do they get money back? Day four, the fans that were there. I haven't looked or checked. They would have done if there's no play. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, what about they don't get the train tickets back? They don't get the bus tickets, no. the petrol back. Exactly. They don't get you know. Don't get their membership share of their membership back. No, but if you were. Yeah, I, I can kind of see the argument because I know that if I was one of those twenty-two players, I wouldn't have been particularly no, yeah, keen to get out there. So I could, I I'd that, certainly see. I mean, I'm not suggesting that's the. I mean, the only the only thing to play for, I suppose, would have been Sean Dixon to try and get a hundred because he hasn't got one this year in Championship cricket. Apart well, from you that, can't blame, you can't blame the players. You know, it's down to the umpires. They're, you know, they're the they're the ones who make the decisions, and they're the ones who ought to explain their decisions. And 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 we ought to know on what basis they're making their decisions, rather than the whole thing being shrouded in secrecy. You know, as as if it was something being run by MI5. And would Rushworth and Hannan Dolby would have probably liked to have got more wickets. They could have, they could have got yeah, 55, yeah, but they, 60 they, wickets they were this season rather than playing one, volleyball. One was one or two ahead of the yeah, other. Yeah, exactly. So they had their That's own a good little battle. So there's, yeah. yeah, there's always something to play for. Um, if Warwickshire got a couple of wickets early on on Friday morning, you know, a Somerset collapse is not actually beyond the bounds of possibility. And they could have come third, couldn't they, Warwickshire? At that, at that yeah, point, they they're still, yeah. you know. Points make prizes, or prizes make points yeah. makes money. Anywho, so uh, Dan Kingdom's not with us tonight, but Dan, I'm sure you're listening. And, and could you just rewind, make a note of everything we said, and pop this into your next email to uh, to the ECB for us? Because uh, we know you love an email to the ECB, Dan. And Watch, that uh, might be yeah, a few pages long. <laughs> how, many, how many pages is email going to be? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think well, we we crapped on for about 15 minutes. So we've already made two points. Bad light and ground, right? All to avoid talking about uh, another. <laughs> you said a Somerset batting collapse would not have been beyond the bounds of possibility, Gibbo, and uh, that's exactly what we had on whatever day it was, Tuesday morning. Of course, it was Tuesday because we don't play county championship at cricket at the weekends where people can go watch it in September. Eight four one seven twenty two six four, and then thirty nine forty six and seventy two from Lewis Gregory, Josh Davey, and Neil Wagner respectively got us up to two hundred and fifteen. Uh, I mean, you were there, Gil. I was dipping in and out of the live stream. Don't know how much you saw, Harry, but it yeah, well, looked uh, not. In, I want to say it, the pitch was blameless, but there was a lot of um, batter error the there. Pitch. Tom Lamanby and Tom Banton both leaving straight ones. Dixon, Dixon. I think Dixon was a bit unlucky. I think he was outside the line. Uh, Goldsworthy was that the one he pulled? Or was that second innings? I, know, I remember Mead pushing it was Rushworth he was he was pitching it up outside of the Ostup saying have a drive at this you know, have a drive at this and Colesworthy after resisting the temptation a couple of times did have a drive at it caught by Robbie Yates a first slip yeah, it was it was even Jason Kerr had to admit it was a Pretty shampoo batting performance put in its proper uh, context by um, Lewis Gregory and uh, Josh Davey and Neil Wagner, who made batting look the easiest thing in the world. Yeah, I thought uh, he was. Uh, he looked on for a for a hundred again. He was. Uh, 
he was sawn off, as was, uh, who was another one? Yeah, Sean Dixon, I think he got outside the line. Um, both two former Somerset player, <laughs> Ian Blackwell. He doesn't <laughs> seem to, we never seem to get the rubber the green no. with Blackie. I don't, I don't, I know he's a bit of an outer. Is it? <laughs> Is he's he trying to go the other way to say, yeah. I'm definitely not favouring Somerset here, boys? Or is it just a little, you know, something in the back of his head, his subconscious making him do that? I don't know. My dad used to do the opposite. You know when, you're, when your dad coaches you in sport, you know, they normally get, my dad would go the other way and he'd be extra hard on me to show that he's not being that, you know, not giving you favour and whatever. But Blackie's had too many clubs, didn't he? It's not just Somerset. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, a couple of others. So. Um, yeah, that is true. Um, yeah. Lammers, I mean, should we have a tweet? So this is fourth season opening the batting. I know why you're you're rubbing your eyes with exasperation. Second innings, it was they had oh, what dear. three short mid wickets, and yeah. he. I don't know. Last I was he, and that that ball was about a foot outside off stump, and I don't know how he managed to just just it's like oh. It was just oh, it was well, just on the stroke of lunch as well. Sadly, his his hundred against Kent doesn't seem to have restored his confidence. You know, he just he looked he looked nervous and uh, got it getting out. First innings, not playing the shot. Second innings, trap was laid and he didn't fall into it. He jumped into it at first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we got to be honest. We can't really compare Jazz Singh and Arafat and an injured Michael Hogan to a Rushworth and Hannah Dolby, two of the best. Counting championship bowl, isn't it? Different kettle of fish. Yeah, but even so, the it was still a so, bit of short. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's sort of gone across and, and scooped it, and you think, is he actually? Is he just done that? <laughs> he had just done that. Oh, he's just done that. Couldn't believe it. No, but I suppose, chat. yeah. I mean, uh, so yeah, he's still a good player. He is. He is a, he good, is a good player, and it is. You know, it is. It is frustrating, and um, I think Dan. Uh, summed it up on Twitter. He put something like, "That was the most Tom Lamanby of Tom Lamanby innings I think you've ever seen. Grind it out, look good, and then just like, have you just done that? Oh yeah, I've just done that on you. Yeah, Lamanism did. Uh, Lamanism then played uh, all fourteen games. Only him and uh, I think James Rue who managed that this season, and just that just took his average a pinch under thirty. So twenty nine point eight six. Um, 657 runs for the season at just under 30. If you just said that at the start of the season, would you have... No, I wouldn't, because no. I, I think he had he had a pretty poor season last year. 685 at 28.5 with just the 100. And I was looking, you know, I think everyone was looking to for him to go back to the sort of form we've seen before back in back in 2020. And he hasn't really made. I mean, Jason Kerr says, "Oh, it's terribly difficult opening batting," which it is. It is, which is even more important. Why <laughs> yeah. you don't fall for that silly yeah. little leg, leg side trap? But, I mean, it, you know, he hasn't he hasn't done disastrously badly, but for a player of his ability, he isn't delivering what he's capable of. Let's put it put it like that. And I think the same goes for for Sean Dixon. You know, who's who's fundamentally a good player, but. Um, Crikey's averaged eleven games, four hundred and ten runs, twenty-two point eight. Yeah, yeah. three in twenty innings as well. At least, at least Lammers is as uh, what's Lammy four from twenty-four to three from twenty. That conversion rate is 
it's not vastly different. No, but I don't see how they can persevere with this with this opening partnership. It, it hasn't worked. I th you know, the best I can't even remember what the best they had, but it's certainly less than seventy, because Somerset's yeah. best opening partnership yeah. in the first division, the first innings, was um, Tom Abel and Tom Lammerby against Kent, which was seventy. And what I thought was was strange as well that Tuesday morning, fully expecting to see. Tom, uh, Tom Abel walking out at three, <laughs> yeah. and then he walks out at five, and you're thinking, put it out of a hat. Yeah, I'm one, I'll three, be, five. I know when we had Tom on, he said, you know, he's happy to do whatever's best for the team, but too polite, isn't he? he's nice. our best player. He might not, no, okay, he might not have scored the most runs this year, but it's the know, opposite to Joe Root, yeah. isn't it? Joe Root, they say you're the best player. You bat where you bat yeah. at four every game. Tom Abel's the best player. You bat wherever everyone else doesn't want to bat. Is the impression I get. Mm. It's like Amid yeah. I always thought was an opener, but he signed him as an opener. Suddenly he opens and gets all these runs of the one day cap. Suddenly he wants to bat four. Yeah. So he gets to bat four. Golders seem to want to bat three. Dixon's in and out, plenty cover, whatever, fair enough. Lamaby wants to open, but then I mean Abel's quality wherever he bats, but he's not got many runs this year, partly because he's been all over the place and he's allowed to be out of form occasionally. And I feel for him. Don't really. forget we had a couple of years ago when uh, I think it was as we had Azar Ali come in for the September yeah. shift, and he didn't want to open. But I thought he mm. wasn't open. Pakistani. No, How did it work? We had Kambang. Yeah, eight, well, well, we anyway, Abel opened. And he opened, but yeah, the year before we had Azar Ali, and he didn't seem to want to open, so he was batting three or four, and then Abel shifted himself up to open. I think it was up at Scarborough, nice. maybe. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. You talk right. to any anybody who knows anything about cricket, they will say never sacrifice a strength for a weakness. And I think Tom Abel batting at three has been incredibly strong for us the last few years. I would, you know, or I mean, well, he opened obviously against Kent. I know he got twenty, but he didn't look in any. Well, he got he got a good one. He looked yeah. as if he was nailed on for you know good score. And I know it wasn't particularly. But he's, I mean, Tom's had a very—he's had a very disappointing season, though, compared with last year. You know, mm. six hundred and twenty-two runs at thirty-one. Last year it was a thousand and thirty-nine at fifty-one point eight five. So his his average over compared with last season has dropped by twenty twenty runs and in innings. And you know, I think he's got. You know, he must. Uh, he knows this. But, you know, he's, he's got some thinking to do about about why that should be, because it can't just be having to go in in the early overs. Because he was going in in the early overs last year last as year. well as, as this year, and he was scoring five hundreds last year as compared with only one this year. You know, that's a a big big difference. I don't. I don't know what what, what the explanation is. I mean, I know they've all got media training. Um, just so, you know, and, and, but and if you ask Tom, what, where do you want to bat? Honestly, where do you want to bat? He, I think his his genuine, honest answer is, I, I'll go wherever's best for the team because I think mm. that that's his character. He's you know he's such a team player, um, you know, such a selfless captain. That I think that that's genuinely his honest answer. I don't think that was a, a bullshit media spin answer of oh you know I'll do what blah blah blah. Um, but I think that's maybe to the, the detriment of his own game. I don't. I've, I don't know. I mean, like I say, he has been at three, you know, the vast majority of the season. I don't think 
he should be the one to be making way if they need to change the batting order. Joe Root wouldn't I do just, it for England, just, as Harry I said. You know, Steve Smith wouldn't do it for Australia. Um, I just wonder whether, you know, he, I asked him this um, at, at the end on on Friday, whether he was thinking about stepping down from the captaincy. The, you know, he's done it seven seasons. It's a long time. Uh, it Hang is. On. And, you know, you know, why not do a Joe Root and step aside from the captaincy, let somebody else have, have a go and concentrate on your, on your batting? I think I and saw I asked, he's our longest serving championship captain or captain full stop. Yeah. I no, think no, I no. Sammy Woods is the longest serving. How was it? 1892 to 1906, something like that. Sammy was was kept. Uh, of the modern era, then. Yeah, we'll say. I think that's what it was. Yes, of the modern era. Yeah, yeah. But but um, he didn't, he didn't answer the question. So I, I guess he wants he wants to carry up. You know, he wants to carry on, which is you know mm. fine. He's, he's a one. He's a brilliant captain. But I do wonder, you know, whether the strain is taking its toll on. You know, a the position he's batting in, which is what we're we're talking about, and B his success as a batsman when he does go in. Yeah, but I think he's a better player than a first class average of thirty four. And I'm not. And I think what we're saying is that's not entirely yeah. his fault. No. And I think as well, maybe, it, that's... You know, maybe 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 give Lewis Gregory a go, who is a very good captain. My only worry is Lewis Gregory is he going to play enough next year with his fitness? Is he even going to be B playing oh. for us? Well, we don't know, but he's done <laughs> we bloody so. well this season. He has. He's, you know, he really, he really has. And I, I thought, well. you know, and, uh, he, he looked absolutely top-notch against Warwickshire on, a, on an unhelpful pitch. And, and he was running in nicely and bowling it and getting some real nip off, mm. off, off the pitch, moving it. He was swinging it. He was moving it both ways. And I thought, he interesting, looked, I mean, we know he's on 350 wickets now quality servant Lewis Gregory was always going to take the new ball but interesting that Josh Davey took the new ball with him Jack Brooks yeah. in his last home game penultimate game for Somerset took the new ball against Kent but Josh Davey not Jack Brooks took it Warwickshire maybe looking for the future maybe Jack Brooks not going to be here but interesting that Davey didn't take it home to Kent we into that we like Davey yeah. bowled well yeah I thought Davey he did bowled well, well actually just yeah but you look at Lewis's figures in the championship 34 wickets at 21 and a half I mean that is that is you know bloody good bowling for someone who's mm -hmm. you know who's bad back basically. Mm. But he he, show, he looks fit, and he and he was it's it's the it was the nip that he was getting off off that pitch that really impressed me, and had the Warwickshire batsman in a lot of trouble. Just popping back to the Tom Abel thing, I think only he can answer whether he's he's got it in him to carry on. It's one of those where. He's just got to look in the mirror and say, have, have you got it in you? And if he says yes, great. Or if he says no, that's fine. But whatever decision he comes to is going to be the right decision for him of some set. So I'll say carry on. Interesting selection as well, I, I thought, with Jack Brooks. He just mentioned him because Ned Leonard was in the squad. And I'm assuming that he's 100% fit. But if we have not selecting George Bartlett because he's moving on, why do we select Jack Brooks? Because... He's moving on. Would it not have been an ideal to give old Ned Leonard a game? And we've not selected George Bartlett for a few games. Were we? Why were we nicer in inverted commas to Brooks? Got all the big farewell made because he's older and been there longer and more service to the whole county game. But George Bartlett he hasn't been there longer. Bartlett's been there longer. No, yeah. I mean in the in the county game for longer. But why? You know what I mean? What? Oh, yeah. Why did George Bartlett get canned as soon as he was announced that he was going to Northampton? But Jack Brooks still got extra games. I find that a bit odd. 
I think maybe because there was a bit of a logjam of batters, you obviously had Goldsworthy and Banton kind of queuing up for their chance, maybe, and the bowling department was a little bit a cliff between a little the bit bare. And the um, ones, yeah. We Kent, we still mathematically could have gone down, so I kind of understand why why he played that one. But yeah, I mean, if Ned Leonard was fit, you know, I there's he's no. He's also bowling pretty well. Yeah, more like as Ned Leonard. Oh yeah, I, I I totally understand that, but you know he, he is moving on, and Ned Leonard is going to be you know one of you know hopefully one of the Somerset team attack for a, a long time to come over the next few years, and it it just seemed there was a disparity there between the approach to 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 Bartlett and the approach to to Brooks yeah. there, so I just it just didn't seem to um sort of sit right with me. Um. What else on the sort of the Warwickshire game and the championship there? I mean, obviously, yeah. You know, I, mean, well, I thought it was worth mentioning Lewis Goldsworthy doesn't seem to be bowled very much. Didn't get a bowl until so 64th over. Did His you see him bowl though when he did, was given four, a bowl? Four, four, <laughs> four full tosses, four dot bowls. It was balls. dreadful. And that's, <laughs> what, dreadful. and that's what worries me. Oh, is he? Are they trying to make him into a batter who doesn't bowl anymore? Because he's barely bowled and he's been given the chance for when he's bowled a load of full tosses. So, oh. That is my slight worry because I a couple of years ago I thought of him as a genuine spin option. He seems to be bowling less and less these days, which is a little bit of a worry. Mm-hmm. You know, Abel didn't bowl himself to the 65th over, and he got a four for last week, so I thought that was a little bit odd. Yeah. I'd like to see Goldsworthy yeah. get his bowling back because yeah. it'd be useful to have someone batting three yeah. or genuine left arm spin or three or open or five. We still have. Uh, <laughs> I like him at three, but. I don't know where Abel wants to bat, so we don't. Well, really Abel, do I think Abel needs to bat as high as possible. I mean, Abel open with Lamb and B, I guess. I don't know Dixon. I don't know. It's all above all my pay grade, Goldsworthy as they is... say. Goldsworthy still hasn't taken the first class. I know. I was desperate for him. <laughs> desperate. If he bowled like the, some of the filth that he chucked down at Edgerton the week, he's got to be waiting another maybe another two and a half years. Four dots in that first day. I don't know why they didn't <laughs> bowl Umid rather than Goldsworthy because well, Umid bowled. Yeah. Respect a bit against Ken. Yeah. Whether he wants to bowl off spin or leg spin is pretty useful when he's bowled both in the last couple of months, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I like Andy Umid. He's he's one of the um, the gains of the season. You know, yes, definitely great. him, James. Yeah, I mean, I suppose we could do a little bit of a review of of the season. I suppose. I mean, we'll sort of keep it brief because I've got a few other things I want to have a chat about. But yeah, as you're right, Umid is a positive. Obviously, James Rue, Matt Henry. Uh, God, do we need to try and get him back for whatever we can yeah. next season? Craig uh, Overton, Craig Overton did you know when he was fit? I thought you know he he played a big part. Yeah, he had a, had a good season. Um, and Lewis Gregory, you know, yeah. I thought his bowling, you know, he was he was back. He was not back to his quickest. Mm-hmm. He's nowhere near as quick as he used to be, but he's. He's back to his best. Say Sometimes he's better when he bowls he's slower. A few more runs. I think you know when it, it gets more nip when it's at slower pace, it's almost more awkward to face. Sometimes. Yeah. 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 Um. Knotts uh, released uh, the news on money that Jake Ball will be leaving. Mm. <laughs> As uh, we we all Somebody thought. Somebody said on Twitter he's he's choosing between or Facebook it might have been choosing between Somerset and Yorkshire. I asked, again. I asked Jason Kerr about this, and he he, he just sort of laughed it off. But he didn't, he didn't say that. He, yeah, they weren't interested in, in well, Jake Paul. Thirty-two-year-old 
injury-prone fast bowler. Well, let's look at his record recent seasons. This season, seven wickets at 55. 2022, three wickets at 20. 2021, two wickets at, at 21. Uh, the plague year, 10 wickets at 33. 2019, 18 wickets at 50. And 2018, 28 wickets at 22. So you really got to go back six or seven years to him having a, a, a decent season. Um, but then, you know, we are shorn of, well, Jack Brooks, Peter Siddle, and Matt Henry. So there's three bowlers gone. We've got to find three three bowlers from somewhere to get ourselves up to parity and then another one if we want to strengthen. So, you know, four quality fast bowlers aren't going to grow on trees. And I think if we manage to sign... Let's say we sign two quality bowlers and Jake Ball. No, no, no. We don't want Jake Ball. I know, but in the absence of something to build it, that that fast bowling reserve, if you've got... No, a, I'd, I'd, sooner, I'd, I'd sooner see Ned Leonard or Alfie Ogborn or, or um, Sonny Baker yeah. or JT yeah. Langridge. <laughs> At least they're homegrown. Yeah, that is true. I'm a bit worried about Sonny Baker. I just, Yeah. Is he not recovering well? It's just he always seems so positive and smiley, but the poor bloke just can't get his back sorted and be able to bowl. Well, I spoke to him down at Buffy. He said he was he was mostly there, but couldn't really didn't really want to play this year and make sure he do the work through the winter, make sure he was uh, yeah. properly fit for next year. Yeah, well, let's hope he is. He's because he's the best of the young ones in my. Oh yeah, he's got the X factor, hasn't he? He's got. I agree, but. He was the best, what, a year and a half ago when he was last bowling and fit, probably. Mining Warriors, you know, when you suddenly miss a year and a half's cricket and, you know, he come back mm. for a couple of games and he's injured again, they're just really worried for that. He's spent so much time coaching and other bits and bobs. It must be so depressing mm. and frustrating. I can, you know, even just watching Alfie, just trying to watch when he, you know, gets James Vince out on debut and then a couple of weeks later he's got that shin injury. Well, it's the same game, wasn't it? And he, it's depressing, that demoralising for a young quick. Yeah. Well, it's because the pitches are too hard. Yep. Yeah. They're either too hard or too wet. You if they were too name. wet, we wouldn't be able to play on them. You so put your name in the hard. ring for the groundsman job, Anthony? <laughs> yeah, Scott Hawkins <laughs> is a uh, caregiver, yeah. But I don't know what you're talking about, because the drainage, you know, the trouble is that the improved drainage system is just sucking all the water out from the entire ground, including the square. And it doesn't give, you know, it just means that the pitches, this isn't my theory, I've said it before, it bumbles. And I'm sure he's right. You know, he compares the old days when you've got the big fast bowlers like Fred Rumsey and, and John Price and Butch White and so on. All of them 16, 16 zone coming in off 35 yards and going bang down in the crease and never get injured because they were digging great big holes in, in, the, uh, in, in, the, in the bowling crease because the ground was relatively soft. So it wasn't sending these shock waves up through their bodies, which is what is happening now. And, it, you know, it's it's like bowling bowling fast on concrete with these, and you and you, you imagine the force that goes through your body if you're I don't know um, someone like Ollie Stone for example or, or Joe Farage Archer you know these are really fit guys but the, the shock waves that go up through their bodies and and it just can affect almost any part of their anatomy and I'm sure that's the issue mm -hmm. what you do about it I honestly don't know but, I had an know, interesting 
fast bowlers is really difficult. I th- yeah, I think that's a good point you make about. I had an interesting discussion with a quite high up golf course greenkeeper, you know, soil science and all they do. One of the nice courses in Somerset, and he he was telling me he had a look round the Cooper Associates County Ground in the winter, and he said at the time it was all wrong, all wrong with the drainage and sort of stuff ready, and they could foresee when these golf guys that like, how the hell are they going to play cricket on this in April before we had the 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 beach outside mm. the Colin Atkinson Pavilion so I don't know enough about drainage and soil science and all that but so it just yeah something went wrong and if, if it, well if you're it quite right Harry the quality of golf greens gets better and better mm. and better it's it's completely different league to when I started playing 50 years 50 years ago Whereas the quality of cricket wickets has gone in arguably in the opposite direction, which you know you have to, you have to ask about you know the agronomy and the training and, and everything else. But I'm sure you know um, groundsman like Scott Hawkins is doing his best. But you know the 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 aim was to produce fast wickets. You know Somerset have been saying this for ever since. Um, um, uh, 2019, you want fast hard wickets that encourage quick bowlers and, and spin bowlers and stroke playing batsmen, but they're just not there. They start slow and they get slower. Yeah, I think part of the problem and, you might have just hit the nail on there is the money. Like, I was chatting to these golf course greenkeepers who earn way more than Sean Hawkins, um, sorry, Scott Hawkins, isn't it? And or, or the professional cricket greenkeepers, grounds, and whatever you want to call them they don't earn anything like as much as a standard golf course greenkeeper does at the high level and I just think that doesn't seem right you, you work in the Premier League equivalent the top level of cricket they should you should be able to get the best professionals in you know it's a bit sca- sad that Mr Hawkins is going to be you know not the number one They're at a Premier League football club and potentially earn more money hmm. I don't know, yeah, I don't know but, hmm. but there is you know there's a big issue then with groundsmanship but it's not you know it isn't just Somerset wherever I've been this summer the wickets have been slow and and dead and and turgid turgid is the the word that's what that's the word that Mark I bumped into Mark Robinson going up in the lift at Edgbaston and he's a pretty straightforward guy Mark Mm. Robinson I I said "What, what do you think you know what do you think of the wicket he said god he said it's turgid and you know that's that's the head coach of the home side saying the wicket's turgid, and it was, and there've been too many of them, and it doesn't produce great cricket. And that that sadly is because how much cricket those bashing have they prioritise every other competition. That's not a separate issue. We've mentioned many times this podcast. Mm-hmm. I bet the ground staff was all about that Ashes Test, all about that other competition, even the internationals, the women's internationals, the T Twenty Blast. I mean, other than the One Day Cup, this is probably the. Least the pitches for finals day weren't exactly you know no. what, what the doctor ordered were they no god they were terrible they never they seem were. to be great on finals day <laughs> maybe some fair. good cricket but yeah do they do they use the same one for finals day every year I, I, I don't think it is but well, it's pretty near the middle yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously it would have to be a TV one so and it'd be 120 overs on one wicket in a day isn't it well, yeah but I mean pragmatically you'd think that you know they'd keep the same They'd have the test pitch, the finals day pitch, and one day international pitch, and various others. It's not like Taunton where you know you can just go off and do what you like, really, because you're probably going to have one, maybe two or three televised games a year. Anywho's anything more on Edgbaston? Then I think I've exhausted my little list of um, 
Uh, my little agenda for, for that. We can sign in it to the memory memory banks of uh, of the dustbin of history. A really nice guy, Neil Wagner, is. Yeah. Uh, you know, I interviewed him, and such a such a nice guy. And I asked him about why he hadn't been bowling more of his leg theory, and he said, "Well, I'm just coming back from a bulging disc and a big hamstring injury, and I, you know, and I'm not 100% ready yet." But um, which. Again, mm-hmm. rather begs the question to watch Somerset. So, yeah. well, exactly. he did cover his bear. His um, leg theory and took a couple of wickets. Yeah, there was, was, uh, I forget who it was, but they just sort of obligingly scooped it round to Lammers at yeah. that fine leg. And you think, oh, what have you done? What so a nice Lammers returned the favour. Yeah. Never met a Same Kiwi. Goes Matt Henry. He yeah, wasn't a nice guy. Would we have him back next year? Wagner? Well, I think in a heartbeat, but. For how many matches is another matter. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Uh, right, on to round two of the podcast. And what are we up to? About 40 minutes. We'll do this in 20 minutes and we'll go, go off and have a cup of tea. Um, I had a nice little coffee with Gordon Hollins at uh, at Taunton uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we were just chewing the fat, really. Um, over the winter, they are going to um, start a... Build a new commentary box. <laughs> well, I, I will I will mention that, Gibbo, hopefully. The Anthony Gibson Media Centre dwarfing the uh, uh, <laughs> the Marcus Jaskothic Pavilion. But no, it was um, it basically like me to be a part, uh, me to be a part of just uh, a sort of a little group they've got uh, to, they're just trying to improve the match day experience for members um, over the winter. So I thought that was a... A good thing to do, so I've not had anything more on that. But um, when I do, I will uh, let you all know and uh, and uh, how you can uh, get involved with that if you need to. We also talked about, you know, we were talking about like the Somerset stand being shut the other day, and um, inevitably topics get onto finance. And you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't dispute it when he sort of quotes some some of the numbers at me and you know, how difficult it is to um, kind of effectively operate, especially during a championship game, balancing. The need for stewarding and having various bars open with the fact that you know there's not really that much many people in the ground and they aren't of the ilk to spend a lot of money which you know you completely understand but which gets me on now to my question about revenue streams and how does somerset make more money in a sensible way we had a, we had a few on twitter i mean my first one which i think is an eminently sensible one is to release all the playing kits before Christmas. That way you've got a market for little Johnny and little Harry and little Anthony and little Ian who want their new Somerset shirt and you can get it then for Christmas. <laughs> so I think that's a sensible yeah. one. Um, yeah. I mean, they always used to. I don't know why they why they don't do any. We did have a few coming as well. Uh, uh, Kit Harris talked about one of those walls with dedicated bricks like Oval and Lords have. Um not sure where that would go but I'm sure if there was a new building or when they re finally get round to demolishing the Botham stand and rebuilding it or redeveloping it or what I think there'll be that a wall by the Somerset stand by Gimlet's Hill is that random wall by the disabled toilet near the grounds yeah. and shed they could put yeah, some bricks that's... on that wall there's plenty of wall I mean even around the back of the Somerset stand they could have it on the bottom of the retirement flats couldn't they the yep. space there with the old placards mm. I think generally though they there's that's a wall of an existing building, isn't yeah. it? You, 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 a brick. you don't just say, build a wall, right on <laughs> just a random wall in the car park with like all these names on it. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, Lord Lupin says a virtual membership live stream with extras. He's aiming big, ten thousand worldwide at fifty quid. Well, I know we talked about where Ben's been on. We talked about monetizing the, uh, the stream is uh, is not of. I don't think it's something that they're, we're particularly interested in going down. I think it's cost neutral with the sponsorship. Oh, you would be Gibbo. Um, yeah. And then the other one, which is my my kind of pie in the sky one, is buy the Viridor building and turn it into a hotel because we're not just limited to sort of cricket stuff. We could do anything. What, be a, become a Hilton, have a golf course as well, should we? To the easiest bowl. We'll well, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're kind of, we can't really expand in any kind of direction. Can we? We've got the river behind us. We've got the retirement flats. Obviously, you can't go around buying a church and demolishing it. Um, so there's not... Look, they, they went through all of this back in the 1980s oh. when they were going to move out to Creech St. Michael. Brand new, brand new site out by the out by the M5, and thank God they've thought better of it. Because one of the great things about Taunton is the ground is right in the middle of the town. Here, here. And everyone, everyone who comes to Taunton says, "What a fantastic cricket ground this is!" Because we're right in the middle of the town. We said all this last week. Yeah. I suppose the negative so, of that is you've got no space around the ground if you did want to build a hotel. So I'm buying the Virador building and turning it into a hotel. It's a hideous building. It's not big enough either. I three or four stories on top. Um, <laughs> come on, then, commercial director Everett. What have you got? No, not a lot. I was hoping this was going to be a five-minute section. Oh. Yeah, not a twenty-five-minute section. <laughs> oh right, <laughs> we'll find something else to, to rattle on about. Yeah, well, we should get bloody ECB In, instead of giving big money to the counties that host the hundred. They should give the big money to the counties that are disenfranchised by the hundred. Yep. Which is the way it is at the moment. Well, everybody gets their one. Was it one point three million? million? I'm not. I'm quite happy with all the effort they did with the one day cup. I thought that's brilliant. Yeah. Family fun days were. I mean, as a passion, passionate purist cricket man, it's a bit sad that you need a petting zoo or a gig to get people to the cricket, but. At the end of the day, if someone comes to watch the Wurzels and they watch two balls of cricket, yeah. then that's better than them not coming to the cricket at all. So fair play. The yeah, one-day cup figures were great. And if it takes 25 other things to bring kids or whatever to the ground, then fair enough. Yeah. It all mm -hmm. built. It all helped with the atmosphere as well. I yeah. thought it worked really, really well. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. Although, don't have the face painting next year because I'd spent an hour bloody queuing up for that. <laughs> Missed most of the game. But anyway, uh, I don't have a 500 club. Loads of amateur clubs do it. Why don't we do it at Somerset? Two quid a month, direct debit. Random draw, win 500 quid. I don't know. Won't be much in the great scheme of things, but I don't know whether you have to have a lot special license to do that. But that's my three. Release the shirts at Christmas, have a 500 club and buy the Viridor building and put it into a hotel. Or even do something with the collar factory. Do you sell this to Gordon? No. <laughs> What was the point in your meeting then? I don't know. Well, it was just about a chat, and then he went like saying, "Come on, give us all these ideas." I like I don't know, but yeah, it was it was just sort of a a thought experiment. Not well, not quite a thought experiment, but just you know to say, yeah, there's plenty of good ideas out here. They're not necessarily the best ones. I think certainly my most sensible one is to release the shirts before Christmas. But anyway, I've just given false information. It's not a million pounds. It's half a million pounds. To each of the counties that stages the um, the hundred, the oh. eight counties. Yeah. Fair dues. A uh, couple of other ones have come in. Um, fat little postie, you know, I believe it's his first uh, contribution. Yeah, don't sign like, that. 
Sign <laughs> iconic players like Baba, monetize their appearances, change the ownership structure, sell the members' own club to an Indian billionaire who can fund a covered stadium. Mm, no, we don't Bollocks. Know. Bollocks. All right, then. <laughs> uh, uh, no, what else we got here? Not much here. Uh, AK Sport. Um, they need to make nicer kits rather than that abomination of a third kit, I presume, means the one day cup kit. The uh, Was it the Mondrian? I didn't um, think that was that bad. Calling it a third kit is an interesting way of putting it. Fourth kit, wasn't it? It was the fourth kit that was released this year. The T T T. You had the championship, the two T twenties, and the uh, the Mondrian. Uh, Mike Unwin has tagged us in a, uh, a promotion the club are doing, or a, a campaign, whatever you want to call it, trying to get a member in every postcode in the southwest. Oh, that's what it was. I was going to show you that. I didn't understand it. Represent your region, the pink thing and the pink and the green. How, how granular are they going? Because there's only like, there's only. What does SN stand for? SN. Below Gloucester, east of Bristol and Bath. Stoke, not Stoke Newington. That's what's no. the place? Sturminster Newton. I don't know. I'm looking at the postcodes earlier today. I spent. It's like a postcode oh. game. If you go oh, on the SN Somerset... is Swindon. Swindon. Is it Swindon? Is it? That's Wiltshire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Isn't that Wiltshire? Yeah. Are they part of our region? Okay. And what's SP? Yeah, yeah. It's a little game. Sanford Peveril. I was going to say, I was wanting to call it Sanford Peveril, but <laughs> I don't know, that's is my it? little village. No, it's not. Hello, what's below yes. Swindon? East of DT Bath. will be Dorset, BH will be Bournemouth, no, we do SP Chester, will be... SP. Batchcock, I don't know. Yeah, I was playing a fun postcode mm. game earlier. The rest are pretty obvious. It's definitely yeah. Dorchester, not Dorset. I presume it's in, like, not just TRPL, TQ and EX. It'll be EX1, EX2. Go further. Try and get one in every road. There's <laughs> already two in mine. Um, SP. Yeah. SP might be Southampton. Really? No, no Southampton's SO. It's north of... So is it? It's north of... Dorchester. You're listening to Always Look on the Bright Side of Life, the Somerset Cricket Podcast. Yes, we are currently <laughs> trying to work out all these different postcodes. You tell us a draft SP, we're, we're not, we're not finishing this to work out what SP is um, without looking it up. It's not North Parrot and South Parrot, is it? South Parrot. I don't think there is no, a South so Parrot. It's in between Swindon and Bournemouth. Dorset SP. People are probably either they're either screaming it into their uh, iPods now or, or switching us off very, very, very rapidly. Right, we'll part that and then just shout it out when you when you figure it out. Uh, but yeah, if we could get a, that would be great. I think if, uh, get a member in uh, from every postcode. Uh, for one thing, it would make it's things easier. Salisbury, is it? Salisbury, yeah. SP's, SP. Oh, they do that, yeah. So SA is SA. SA is Swansea. Really? Swansea's not yeah. SW. No, SW is Southwest SM. London. Oh, so London ruins it for everything else. Basically. Yeah, London basically. Yeah, London so, ruins yeah, Swansea. So SA is Swansea. SW is East London. So what did you say? Salisbury was S. What is, SP. SP. So instead of making it SL or SB or SY, it's SP. So London, so London doesn't just ruin cricket and franchise competition. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there we are. Postcodes, but you never thought you'd. Uh, that. Um, we're better off talking about Middlesex and Northampton, some of the great games last week than <laughs> Middlesex. That would be uh, UX, I think. It would be Uxbridge. Uh, Nottingham is NN. I'm pretty sure, not NO. That's Norwich. No, yeah. See, there we are. 
great, great, uh, terrific. Right, this is great stuff. <laughs> this is quality, quality cricket broadcasting. Uh, Mike's also let us know that uh, Matt Kingdom, who is Dan's brother, who uh, I still owe a Kit Kat chunky to for lending me some sun cream <laughs> on finals day, has uh, done a great, uh, uh, some great articles uh, about the history of women's cricket for the Somerset Cricket Museum. So do check those out on the uh, Somerset Cricket Museum website. Um, and then Rob Reed wants us to have a little chat about Western Storm and Somerset for the women's game. Uh, did it? Did ask Sophie to come on tonight, but she's uh, got had a better offer. She had the PCA awards, so um, didn't watch much of Western Storm this year. They go to a couple of games. I mean, I think generally I the I don't think Sophie wants to talk about it. To be honest with you, I don't yeah. think we should. I don't think the Western Storm wants to talk about it. Some of them were a bit more positive, but yeah, Western yeah. Storm I Western. think it was. Yeah, I think they were. They weren't particularly. Uh, I think it's fair to say they were stronger twenty over side than the fifty over side. Well, the two girls going out to England was a. Uh, yeah, I mean, talking about that, Lauren Filer and, and Danielle Gibson from yeah. Western Storm getting there. And so, so they just got no, you know, when those two go, they just struggle. They haven't got the resources to suddenly get someone else in. They haven't got Surrey's production line or whatever. So. Oh, sure. Should we talk about a bit? Well, a bit more about the championship. Oh, the championship never fails to deliver a final day. Final day nail biter. It was compulsive Phenomenal. viewing up at uh, Trent Bridge, not just scraping over the line. I was fascinated by against Kent. Couldn't write it, could you? I mean, just so many twists. North Ants. Not, not Kent, sorry, Middlesex. North Ants suddenly winning, looking good the last yeah. two rounds. Absolutely battering Essex. Essex following on, 13 for five. The team that finishes second. I mean, how good is our county championship? We should, you know, let's have a few minutes to just yeah. say how good the competition is. Yes, Somerset Warwickshire was boring, drab and depressing, as our first 20 minutes of the pod said. But North Ants, Essex, phenomenal game. Middlesex, North Ants, great game. Even like even Kent looked good. Denley not Kent, going to Yeah, the end of Kent Langshire, they just seemed to end like yeah, or right, we're safe. But the sort of when they they shook hands with an hour to go, and then all of a sudden it just lit the blue touch paper up yeah. at up at Trent Bridge, and boom. I mean, Zach Crawley, yeah. you, you'd be fuming. I don't understand why he didn't play. I spoke to him at three o'clock at Bristol Brazil. after. Well, Brazil. yeah, I, I know the, the the line is that he's ill. And maybe it's not my job to be a doctor and say he wasn't ill, but he looked perfectly fine when I spoke to him at three o'clock Monday afternoon. And I thought he'd be going straight with Tom Hartley, giving Tom Hartley a lift to go and play at Canterbury. But <laughs> you also gave him the lurgy. Well, I don't know. I thought that's a bit mm. odd. He could have kept them up or stopped them from going down. In the end, they got away with it without him. But I don't know. Middlesex didn't get the lowest batting points in the history of the county championship. Did you well, know? They had two in the end, wasn't it? Well, they had five in the oh, end because they got covered in the last game. But wow, and we moan. Yeah, imagine if we were the middle sex bright side <laughs> or the dark side of the Thames. Oh dear. Um, you going to the dinner on Thursday, Harry? To be confirmed. TBC, you're such a social butterfly. Aren't well, you? no, you I'm trying to get some BBC Sport offer. work. I was going to go to BBC, BBC Bristol on Thursday to try and get some work there for the winter. So I'm going to try and push that back to Friday so I can go to the dinner on Thursday. Well, it's not till seven o'clock. I'm sure you can pop down. Yeah, I'm trying to get a bit of bit of winter work to keep me going. You going to Dinner Gibbo or is that not, not really your thing? No, it's not my good. I've been to so many bloody dinners over my, <laughs> my career that I tend to avoid them these days. Yeah, um, President Pete can't make it. He's, uh, what did he, he say to me? He's doing something. He's got he's, something he can't get out of for the NSPCC. But he did say, as I find his message, hold on a second. But he will see him on film to deliver his decision on champagne moment of the year. I forgot he does that. So that that is it's now. Van der Merwe, wasn't it last time? That is now 
in solely in the gift of the president to determine champagne moment of the year. I ha- I happen to know what he's going to, but I'm not going to say. Well, I, is it is it going to be Dan Sam's court cold cab or bold Henry by any chance? Right, that's what I would guess. Straight away. I'm not. I'm not allowed to reveal. If I I was doing it, I'd just go completely left field and say like uh, Tom Banton bowling a filthy ball yeah. in a county championship or something. <laughs> Lewis Goldsworthy's over a full tosses at Edgbaston last week, or just something yeah. something good. Well, that's a golden apples thing, isn't it? For next week, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, so, something good. So you think, oh yeah, that was good, but it wasn't quite Tom Cole Campbell's catch to win the blast. Like uh, Aves is fourth there. Yeah, or like uh, George Bartlett's run out against Knotts. Remember when he ran out Hamid from Gully? Yeah. That that yeah. was that was decent. That was, you know, good. Set set that batting collapse in motion, but nowhere near winning the blast. But you think, yeah, and Bartlett's leave it as well. I'd do that just to see the look on George Bartlett's face as he's got to come up and get this award. Well, champagne <laughs> could, be, could it be Jimmy Anderson's drop? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you've got to drag Anderson down to Torta to collect this award, looking even more grumpy than usual. That would go down. Yeah, but yeah, good segue. How? Yeah, we are doing the Golden Apples uh, next week. Every year, I forget what the categories are. Me too. No idea. Uh, was it player performance and? Do you want me to prep for this? I quite like just making it up on the night, really. Pick, pick oh, me last. Mind. Yeah, I, well, I'm, I, I generally like to prep because if somebody says performance of the year when such and such did this, like Ruse, you know, I, I would like forget Ruse double hundred against Hampshire in my championship performance of the year. So I do, I need to do prep because I don't want to feel like a dick when I say like, oh yeah, Bartler, Bartler, Bartler. These are my three championship forces. What about Ruse double hundred? You think? Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, it's player and performance in all three comps, young player of the year, sparkling cider moment of the year, and brain fade of the year. I think. Well, we got that one. <laughs> Have we? Brain fade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been we've been talking about it. There might have been a few of them this year. <laughs> Have we? Oh, I can't. I can't remember. What us lot not being able to work out what SP postcode is, <laughs> or even thinking that us sat here for ten minutes trying to remember which postcode area SP is for is at all suitable for broadcast on a cricket podcast. <sighs> right, I'm going to go and get some supper. Yeah, I'm going to knock us on the head as well. Give a Harry any 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 other AOB from you? No, I think we'll have enough for the chat next week, will we? Yeah, happy days. Will we get if uh, if you are going to the the dinner Thursday night? I shall see you there. Uh, if not, we shall all be getting together for the Golden Apples uh, next week. Uh, but uh, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you then. <laughs>